Hey, man, you know what hurts more than a stub toe? What? A broken foot. <laughs> that was the cheesiest thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to Gizmo's Corner. Uh, <laughs> yep, there he is. The man himself, Quinn, has come to the corner. How's it going, my man? Oh, dude, I'm doing great. I just want to say thank you, Rob, for having me on this podcast. I think we're going to have a gonna have some fun tonight dude thank you so much for coming i'm excited that you are here yeah so guys tonight up for discussion we uh we saw the movie change land change land it changed the land changed my my future yeah we've got change land coming up towards the end uh a little bit before that though we would like to start off by talking about a little bit of topics that have been strolling around on the interwebs uh we got a singular trailer to talk about and uh yeah let's get this going um so quinn do you have a hard time getting here i had a really hard time getting here um it's a land that i don't know i only grew up two miles down the road oh shit and uh it was actually a peaceful drive i gotta admit the sun was setting and it rained all day so the sun was coming out yeah um and i've been trying to live in the moment a little bit lately so like the sun coming out and i was like had my windows down and i was blaring music i'm like we're gonna go do a podcast with one of my best friends so <laughs> the ride here was absolutely amazing awesome awesome my drive here let me tell you piece of cake um, <laughs> <laughs> i wish people could see your face because those eyes man your eyes tell the story right there that's amazing he's an actor you know <laughs> this is true uh, <laughs> Let's start off. We just watched a trailer. I just showed you the trailer for the new movie by Blumhouse uh, Studios uh, called The Hunt. I kind of just dropped this on you. I didn't give you any preparation for it. But what (laughs) what was your first thoughts on The Hunt? All right. So... So my first, first thought had absolutely nothing to do with the trailer, to be honest. My first thought was, I thought you were showing me a trailer of Changeland that we just watched. Um, And then when you put the trailer on, I was like, oh, shit, I watched the wrong movie. (laughs) 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 And I started panicking about this podcast. But as we went on, I was like, oh, no, there's no way. And then my second thought was like, wow, um, I'm not going to lie. I thought thought it was like another... um, uh, Game of Thrones or something like that, you know, where like someone was kind of like just getting hunted. Mm. Um, but then, like midway through the trailer, I realized, oh my god, it's not just your average. I don't want to say average, like it's just average. That's a new idea too. But like, it's not just your average. Oh, we're putting humans somewhere and we're hunting them. Um, I liked how I don't want to give the ending away or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, I just saw yeah, the trailer. Can, yeah, you can. It's it's a trailer, so we can. We're gonna spoil the trailer as much or, as or. we want to. I liked um I liked how it how it turned and all of a sudden it was the hunted being hunters mm-hmm. um, so I thought that was pretty cool and the cinematography was great obviously yeah um, and they did a great job with the trailer because they're supposed to hype you up and that's exactly what they did yeah absolutely um when I first saw this trailer and right in the beginning when she walks into like the convenience store and she's like what state am I in and they're like oh how do you not know and then like she jumps over the counter and kills both of them I was like what the fuck is this (laughs) what the fuck is going on (laughs) um but then uh you know as the trailer goes on yeah like you said it's it it kind of is a a generic like hunted people hunting people movie we actually talked about a movie another movie that's going to be coming out soon 
um, Ready or Not, which is kind of similar, where it's one girl being hunted by a family in a mansion. Was it like a family partaking? Yeah, it was the family partaking in some in like this crazy ritual. I'll show you the trailer after after we're done here, dude. It's intriguing. I'm very like excited about that movie. Yeah, uh, this one it's uh, a group of people. It actually kind of reminds me of you know throwing back to like the most dangerous game or even the movie with Ice T, uh, surviving the game. I don't know if you've seen Surviving the Game. No, I haven't. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> uh, to me, it's a classic because I remember uh, Surviving the Game being on TBS or TNT regularly. It was one of those movies that would come on regularly, and it'd be on. And it's one of those you like you just have to watch it. You've okay. seen it a million times, but it comes on. It's like you just have to watch it. Uh, th- it's very, it's a very similar idea. There's been plenty of movies like this. Uh, like I said, Most Dangerous Game, um, Surviving the Game, The Condemned. You know, we're getting Ready or Not, and now The Hunt. Uh, what's cool about this, man, is actually the cast of this movie. There is Hilary Swank, which I'm surprised she's in this. She actually just came out in a movie on Netflix too, called I Am Mother. Uh, she's just popping up randomly now and you know she's up and coming no she's been around for a while really yeah okay. she she was the karate kid she was in boys don't cry oh okay um insomniac million dollar baby with clint eastwood um she's been around for a long time but it's like she kind of like i don't want to say disappeared a little bit because she didn't really disappear but when she pops up on screen for this i was like oh fuck it's hillary swank oh wow yeah um i saw uh i saw the one guy from uh from it's always sunny in philadelphia is in it yeah dennis that hyped me up so much i was like oh my gosh this is his uh this will be his second horror movie not a lot of people remember this but he was actually in a movie called the strangers really that came out a while ago yeah he had a small part in it but uh it's like not what I would think a character. Well, at least going from "It's Always Sunny" to horror, it's like yeah, it's a exactly. It's 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 actually funny you bring that up because you find it a lot now, where a lot of comedy actors are transferring into horror. You know, everyone knows that you get that with Jordan Peele, you got that with John Krasinski, um, even Jim Carrey. He flipped back and forth with um, a lot of things. Like he was just in a movie a year or so ago called "Dark Times" or something. Uh, he was also in the Number Twenty Three, but. Yeah, even uh, Jay Bouchel, you know, he's very well known for his comedy, but he's actually directing a movie called A History of Violence that's going to be coming out uh, at some point in time. But yeah, yeah man, uh, you're absolutely right. It's like it, it's weird to see com- comedic actors in horror, but for whatever reason, they're drawn to it. You know what? Like, like you just talking about this kind of gave me a thought and everything. And I, I guess it's kind of been like a thought before too. Is like I feel like um, I feel like after comedy, people kind of like are like, all right, what's the next step? A little bit. And like I'm like, how do I put this in the right words? I guess like, all right, you like spend your whole life like getting up in 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 the comedic world, doing stand up, doing comedy TV, like all that different type of stuff. And then like, what's after that though? And like. If you really do think about it, you do you you do see a trend in it where people are like breaking out of those comedic roles to try to show that they're a little bit more versatile. Like, could you imagine Kevin Hart doing like a really serious movie? No. But until he breaks out, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like That's what that's what he'll need to do is like break out of that role a little bit. You know what I mean? That's it's interesting. That that's a good point you bring up too because do do you want to keep doing the same thing your whole life? So no, you don't. You do want to do different things, especially if you're an actor. I wonder if even like comedy is what got them, like is what what their breakout was. I think you kind of just, you know, said that. Back to Jay Bouchel, for example, he 
always wanted to be a director his entire life. And then growing up, you know, his parents got him into acting, so he became an actor, but he always wanted to be a director. Oh, wow. So he's directing this movie now, and he was asked, like, if you had the option your, the rest of your life being an actor or a director, what, what do you say that you're going to be? He goes, oh, I'm going to be a director. Wow. And all he's done is acting. This is his first directing gig. Wow. So it's like, you got to wonder, like, I'm, I'm, dude, you know, I've been, I've been wanting to get into this business for a long time. And I kept trying to figure out like back doors of getting into the business. Like I, you know, I studied makeup and special effects and everything. And I thought that would be like a cool, you know, sneaky way to get in to become an actor or anything like that. You know? Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Which it could be. It definitely could. Yeah. You know? I, Everyone's I've, got their own paths. I mean, you look at like, uh, you know. Greg Nicotero on The Walking Dead, he does the makeup and special effects for that too, and he's directing a lot of those episodes now. Are you kidding me? No. That blows my mind. Oh my <laughs> God. I work, I've been working in this industry my entire life, and I do not know nearly as much as Rob does. <laughs> Rob, kudos to you. Thank you. <laughs> That's amazing, though. That blows my mind. Wow. Okay. Wait, did he do special effects for The Walking Dead then? He's one of the most well known makeup and, makeup and special effects artists out there right now. Wow. Um, yeah, he, uh, he did all of the makeup and special effects for that show and a ton of movies prior to that oh wow uh, yeah yeah he's you know then he started directing episodes and yeah it works out <clears throat> yeah but then uh yeah dude so somebody else that is in this movie which i don't think you're going to be too familiar with because this is from my childhood and i've got a few years on you so i don't know if you'll remember yeah, this person yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't but, remember if they were from my age, so that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we see uh, there's this one big guy that is part of the Hunted, and he is uh, is Frankie from Boy Meets World. I don't know the actual guy's name, but uh, one of the big guys, he, he was a bully on the TV show Boy Meets World from back in the day. Okay. It's just crazy when you see people from your childhood that you watched on like TGIF or something back in the day. Like I remember one of the Saw movies, they came out, and Eddie Winslow was uh, in there from Family Matters. He was in the one Saw movie, and it's like, holy shit, <laughs> um, you know. It's a big switch. Yeah, dude. Uh, it, it's just fun. Like stuff like that is so fun to see that. But yeah, I mean, any anything else about this trailer you wanna you wanna? It's not just your average hunting movie. Actually, there is one other thing. <laughs> Lately, I've been noticing a trend. What is it with you, human beings, that you are so fascinated with hunting each other? <laughs> Why does it keep selling? <laughs> Why? Well, that's a that's a great question too, man. Why does horror sell? Uh, well, people are sick, and I'll be the first one to say that, man. <laughs> growing, up, growing up in showbiz, people yeah. are sick, man, and this industry is sick, which is awesome. You know what I mean? The, the, people need to stop fighting that, <laughs> you know? And something about, something about that, that, that stuff that, you know, no one really wants to, like, talk about, I think. You know what I mean? That stuff that, like, like, like can you imagine hunting somebody? No. Like, that's so gruesome, and, like, something about that really, really grabs a peace of mind. You know what I mean, and like I think th I think that's why horror itself is 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 big. Yeah, man, I can't, I can't even hunt a deer or a bunny, man. Dude, I, I'll throw I, up. Yeah, I can't. I can't. I do can't. It. You know, but I'll still watch that movie. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's intriguing, you know. Yeah. It's like wow, like like it makes you think, like oh my god, if I was being hunted, like how, you know, what would I do? Kind of. It's like what? Well, why? You know, I'll bring up Saw again. Why was everyone so fascinated with the gory aspect of Saw? Like people being torn apart, or you know, having to get out of these traps that they're put in. Like we, there's something mentally with somebody where it's like they, they mentally they need to be stimulated in a violent way 
more or less not like a not like they themselves are violent but like they need to see it and like either feel squeamish or feel scared it's like you do need to feel fear at some point in time yeah and it's like that that's why we are constantly going seeing these horror movies yeah I read a I read a book one time and it was a long time ago. It was like three years ago. It was it it, it was talking about like horror or like um, um, gruesome stuff. You know what I mean? Um, why are people so fascinated with pictures of war or war mm. movies even and stuff like that? And like it was talking about. I forget exactly how I went, but it compared it kind of like when you're a kid and you're told not to do something, doesn't it feel really good to do it? Oh, absolutely. Or like you know, just like 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 kind of push those edges of like stuff that like society's kind of telling you like oh don't do that don't do that and that feels good and like in a broader sense when you turn into adults like that's the kind of stuff that's intriguing like you know it's bad you know it's like gruesome and like it's horrible and you would never be able to like do that yourself but it's still intriguing you know what i mean oh absolutely it grabs it, it grabs a piece of your mind it really yeah. does it's it's the it's the thrill too i think it's human nature the fact that you need a thrill in your life like have you ever jumped off of a cliff into the oh, water skydiving Ah, oh, fuck! I've never. Done that. <laughs> there you go, though. Though, man, why? Why would you jump out of a plane? It's, it's that feeling. It's the feeling. It's the thrill you get. It's that like that. It's stimulation. Like, stimulation. You said it earlier, get, and it's you, perfect. It's like a kick. Was that dopamine? Yeah, that that we produce. Yeah. Like um, probably a little bit of adrenaline. And, yeah. Well, I mean, if you're jumping, it's a lot of adrenaline. But right. you know, dopamine and adrenaline, and, and whatever else juice makes it. It's makes your, it nice. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> It's your own, yeah, but it's like your own natural high, kind of like, you know, you get a nice feeling from it, and whether, and it really doesn't matter the genre. We're just we just happen to be talking about horror, but you go and see a love movie, like a romance. You go and see a comedy. You're going to laugh, so you want you you want yeah. to feel something. That's why we go to these movies to be entertained and to get some sort of joy out of it, whether it's from people, uh, two people falling in love, or two people rip, you know ripping their heads off or yeah. you know or like change land where it just makes you feel really good about your life that too you know <laughs> it perfectly in a change land <laughs> but no it's 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 that feeling that comes behind it david lynch we always talk about yeah, him and david. stuff like that and like mm-hmm. i'm not going to be the i'll be the first one to say that i don't know much about him I'm trying to be modest but <laughs> but like um but like that's the big thing about his films was like it's not about like you know all the little things it's about the feeling you get while watching it you know what i mean and that's that's art it's the same reason people look at paintings like what's the feeling you get with that what's the meaning behind it a little bit and that same thing comes with film. Absolutely. And David Lynch is a perfect example, too, because his, his films are essentially like an abstract painting. The first time I saw a David Lynch movie, I was like, what am I watching right now? But then once you know who David Lynch is and the type of film he makes, it's like you, you know what you're getting into. And it's, it's definitely express, an expressionistic. I'll take that. <laughs> thanks man <laughs> I, I agree with you 100 percent. it's a work of art yeah you know yeah so wasn't wasn't david lynch wasn't he like a, like didn't he paint or something before that or for, he was into photography uh, i thought he I, was in something before he got into film I, i'm trying to remember I, I watched a doc on him it was something about like he was he was an artist mm-hmm. and he always wanted to be an artist and then like film he he said film was like the ultimate art because it allows you to take um picture and sound and add motions behind it and it was like it was like a like a painting on crack you know what i mean i'm not i don't think that's what he said but that's basically what what the documentary was saying it's what he makes yeah you know yeah um and that's that's not an insult to him or anything his his films are are cracked out like yeah um my first time watching one it was uh it was uh, the the night the night that i was turning 21 and we flew into la and i'm with my dad 
because um, you know everyone brings their dad on for the 21st in LA right <laughs> and uh, and we meet my sister there and I got one of my best friends there um, and we go up to this rooftop and they're like oh um, we're gonna watch a David Lynch film and I had no idea who he was um, I was like all right they're like you're in a film like you'll love this and I'm like yeah like I love this and uh, I got there and we're on this rooftop and uh, I sit down and they give you they like blasting they're, they're, they're like projecting the film onto the skyscraper next to the building that I was on top of when we were yeah. in downtown LA and we started watching this and I, I was like, dude, was I drugged or something? Cause like everyone else is watching. So I'm like looking around and it's silent when you take them off and everything. And I'm like, I don't understand what's going on. I thought I was the only one for so long. And cause I didn't know who David Lynch was or what he, what he made. Yeah. And I just remember the first time I was so confused. It was Maholan drive. Um, mm-hmm. and, um, I didn't know what was going on and I, I hated it. Oh. <laughs> I went home and I was like, why did you guys like wait to my 21st, like building up to, with that? Yeah. And then uh, it wasn't until like I got back home from LA and I started, I like was like, whoa, whoa, what was that? And I like went back into it and I started watching and I was like, oh my God, like that was the coolest 21st birthday present I could have had. Yeah, dude, I, I was the exact same way when I watched Dave, a David Lynch film for the first time. I watched Blue Velvet. It's not as wacky as Mulholland Drive at all. No. Um, but then like, you know, I watched Eraserhead and I watched a couple other of his movies and they're wacky man and what was that one thing we watched on youtube the one night with the bunnies was that that was david lynch wasn't it yeah oh my god what was that it's the only david lynch film free on youtube (laughs) 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 oh oh my god i'm I'm gonna kick myself i can't remember it right now Uh, i can't remember if you guys haven't seen it go just youtube david lynch but bunny video it's yeah that that's art in itself yeah, <laughs> like, it definitely is. uh we was it me you and nikita we sat around the one day and just watched the entire thing and yeah. like do we turn this off because you told us about it and i was like i've never heard of this yeah we put it on and then uh you were like yeah i mean we could turn this off if you guys want to i just wanted to show you and <laughs> we were like no we're watching this now. and that was the moment that i realized man i have good friends <laughs> i was like nice <laughs> Some of my friends that aren't uh, as as artistic would not have understood that. I remember I put it on for my one friend time one time, and he got angry. Really? Confusion sometimes make makes people angry yeah. as humans. I think. Yeah, I put it on, and he didn't know what was going on, and it quickly turned from just really like really like not not understanding anything to to anger pretty fast. I was like, all right, well, like we'll turn it off, bro. That. That's you ever watch Swiss Army Man? Oh, yeah. I love Swiss Army Man. He got angry at that movie, too. No! He thought it was so funny because it was the farts and, like, you're, like, you're like riding down the ocean and stuff like that. And then as yeah. soon as, like, it got deeper in and, like, it was, like, more of, like, an artistic kind of view to yeah. it and um, an out-of-the-box kind of view might, might be a better word for it. Yeah. Um, and it just, it turned from, it was so funny. It was him and his girlfriend and me. And, yeah, I, th- I third wheel all the time. It's so sad. I, uh, we put on the movie and they were cracking up for like the first five minutes and then they didn't understand what was going on. And again, it turned to anger and I was like, wow, that's so funny. Like that, oh, it really says a lot about how humans work, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, if you don't understand something and the other people around you do, you, it's probably that, you know, he's probably more frustrated with himself that he didn't understand it. Cause I feel like that too. If I don't understand something, I get frustrated with myself for not I think understanding we all do. it. Yeah. yeah. I, you Definitely. know, I think that's just a natural thing that we do as, as humans. That's really funny. though. <laughs> It was Zach. <laughs> you, oh, you met no. Zach. I wasn't going to say it on here, but uh, whatever. Oh, you just got put on blast, buddy. <laughs> Zach, stop getting so angry, man. It's okay to not know. <laughs> oh, I hope I didn't bring you two off subject. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, <that's good. laughs> 
Oh, man. Um, so we're going to get on to our next topic here, though. Did you ever see the movie It? The new one or the old one? Pick one. The new one. You saw the new one? Yeah. And oh. actually, we did casting for a movie that starred... Um, was his name Jaden? The star of It? One of the little kids in It? Was that for... Uh, can I say the movie? Yeah. Low Tides? Yeah. Yeah, that was him. Low Tide. Low Tide. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you can say that movie. I got him in contract. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I saw. I, yeah, I saw it. Yeah. And wow. Um, I I never saw the first one. At least I don't remember. I must have been little because my mom says that I watched it. Hi, mom. Um, <laughs> been throwing these little things in there. Am I the first person to say hi, mom, on yeah, your show? Yeah, first person. Hi, mom. <laughs> She'll be listening. I already told her I was gonna be. I was gonna be with you. <laughs> um, but no. So, so like not being able to see the, the the first one. So like a lot of people I know are like criticizing it compared to the first one and stuff. So I don't. I don't yeah. have any of those views. But I saw it as. Well, let's hear what you have to say first, Rob, because I don't want to. I don't oh, want to yeah. go against what you're saying. Well, <laughs> for, me, for me, I can't say one is better, my personal opinion. I don't think the original miniseries is better than the remake of Chapter 1, at least. Okay. Because the miniseries was broken up into two parts, essentially, which is exactly what we're getting with these theatrical released movies for it. So Chapter 1 came out, and it's the kid's version, or the kid part of the story, which... Um, we also got in the miniseries was the first part. And then now we're getting it chapter two in a couple months, which revolves around the uh, adults, their grownups uh, versions. Okay. All right. Which that was part two in the miniseries. Uh, as far as comparison goes between the original to the new, I don't think one is better than the other. I, I have a lot of issues with the remake and I don't think the miniseries is perfect. So I can't say one's better than the other. Okay. All right. I'll tell you what my like what my opinion is on it, and I know I'm a lot of people are probably gonna hate it because the people I was watching it with totally disagreed with me when I when when, when I watched it. But um, mm-hmm. so I, like I first off I loved it. I love the concept of it. First mm-hmm. off, um, my older one of my older sisters is terrified of clowns. Nice. So like clowns have always kind of fascinated me because I hate her. <laughs> I love you, but I hate you. You know I do. <laughs> <laughs> so, like I was always like fascinated with clowns and stuff. So it was really cool. I love the feeling of it. Cinematography was great. You know what I mean? The actors and actresses were wonderful, especially for their age. I was like, wow, like they really had a powerhouse going on. The one thing I didn't like was like, it was like, to me, it was, it seemed a little, a little like it was based for people that were younger than me. You know what I mean? Like it was just their love story between these kids. And like, I get mm-hmm. like, you're supposed to put some of that in every film. Cause it's, you know, it's not telling a story. And, you know, it groups all people in and stuff. But mm-hmm. I don't know. It was like their love story was going on. And, like, at some points I was just like, I, I, like, I was losing interest in it just because of that. Yeah. Because um, it just seemed a little a little on the cheesy side and not horror cheesy. Like, I like horror cheesy with, like, clowns and stuff. But it was focusing too far into, like, the love story and, like, between these kids. And I'm like, oh, my God, man. Like, you know. Yeah, it's a little weird, especially with it being kids. It's like, can you get invested with kids falling in love with each other? Yeah, and like, to an extent, not being creepy at all, but like, to an extent. Then after that, it was like, that's not why I'm watching this movie. Watch this movie to see this clown. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, you want to see the clown. (laughs) Yeah, and like, and like the creepiness. And you know what I mean? And like the eerie kind of feeling and the old crickety house and stuff. And it was just like, some of the stuff I was just, I felt like it was rubbish and it was just filler. Yeah. And, uh, and like one thing, I I know people put this in a lot and stuff too, because it's kind of, they're trying to attract as many audiences as they can. So, like, the people that are into, like, the love stuff and, you know, maybe even a younger generation and stuff, like, it'll rope them in for a new a new age range of people that are into it. You yeah. know what I mean? So, like, I could see why they did it, but I don't know. I, I felt like it could have used a little less. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I love the movie. 
It was just, I felt like it could have used a little, yeah, a, a little less. I agree with you. The kids, some of the kids were really, really good. Uh, some, some of them I didn't think had a lot of play. Some of them I think were a little too much. The love story did not bother me so much, but I totally understand what you're saying. Like, it's not necessary. I want to see a clown. Yeah. Like, just give me the clown. But that's the kind of person I am, too. Yeah, so, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Totally, totally, totally. What did you think of the clown, though? I never saw the first it, so, like, I don't know what the comparison would be, kind of. Mm. I mean, it looked it looked pretty creepy. You could tell they put some time into it, definitely. Yeah. I thought it was creepy. What did you think about the guy who played him? Like, do you think he played him to a creepy extent? Um, this is tough. There's did a lot There's a lot into play with that. You know what I mean? I think I think the actor did a great job. Yeah. Um, Oh man, hold up! I gotta say this so I'm not like burning any bridges down the road. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll drop it first for you. I'll clear the road for you. No, no, no. I okay. Oh, no, 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 no. You tell me your opinion. Maybe okay. I can base it on that. My homie, yeah, you're right. I loved it. I loved it. And Did I, you? that is such a like, it, it can be a hated opinion, honestly, because Tim Curry was amazing as the original Pennywise. That is the one thing from the original miniseries where I would say it's hard to say one's better than the other because I like them both. They both did something completely different from the other was it really see i I, yeah. I don't know that at all yeah like the, the original pennywise played by tim curry was like a jokester like he was he was kind of a he was a dick he was funny he was crude he was he was perfect like you, you there was nothing wrong with the way that tim curry portrayed pennywise bill skarsgård in this new one one the look is completely different too from the original but he he took the character instead of doing the exact same thing that tim curry did he did his own thing with it he made him more like childish kind of like less mature the way he acted compared to tim curry and i'm not going to say one's better than the other because they both did something different so it's like comparing an apple to an orange more or less like you can't say one tastes better than the other um that that so that's me that's how I feel about it. Now, what are your thoughts? Well, well hold up. Because when you say less mature, like, 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 what do you mean exactly? He's more goofy. Like, he's more goofy. Um, literally, when I say child, he acts like a child. Do you think that that took away the creepiness a little bit to it? Um, well, I, I wasn't creeped out by him at all. No. In this. No, See, there, was, there that, was one scene where I did feel creeped out. And that's, um, it was a scene when they're at the the house and he has Eddie in the room. And he hears, as I think, Richie and Bill running around upstairs trying to figure out what door to go through. And it's a scene where he like looks over his shoulder. And uh, like when he looks over his shoulder, I was like, that's a fucking great. Like he, he, he looked creepy there. Like. There was like one part where I was creeped out by him, but dude, you got to understand something too. I don't get too scared when I see movies. Word. Okay. <laughs> I could, uh, I could dig that definitely. I think that just goes along with, with like, with like what I was saying before though, about like, it just kind of, it's targeted to a little bit of a younger gen- uh, um, generation. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, I, I like the more that we're talking about it, the more it's, it's like reigning true. And I know so many people are going to disagree with this, but like it, it was, it was, it was a little cheesy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It was a little cheesy, but like not not the cheesy that I like, you know, I like the horror cheesy and stuff, but I could, it was, it, you could just tell it was geared towards people that were younger. Yeah. You know, I love how we're talking about this, by the way. And you have it clowns pictures hanging up on both sides of you right now. So as we're talking about this, I keep looking up these clowns and I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. So over to the right here, we've got the original Tim Curry. And then over here to the left, we got Bill Skarsgård. Oh, sweet. So that's the difference. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so this one right here, you see how uh, the Tim Curry 
Pennywise, he has like more of the like froish look of a clown. Yeah. And he's got the red nose and then he has like the brillowy thing like on his thing. And then when you get over to Bill Skarsgård, you know, he's got like the more like uh, spiked out look of the hair. He doesn't have the round nose, but his nose is painted red. And then his smile actually comes up into his eyes. Like the red comes up into his eyes and he has more of like an old, his costume is like more old school, like more, um, ah, what do I want to say? Like more of like a vintage clown look. Whereas, you know, Tim Curry's looked more like a circus clown. Like his was like colors, like the one half was blue and the other half was yellow. So which one do you like more? Uh, visually? Yeah. Uh, Bill Skarsgård. Really? Yeah. Okay. Just I mean, just judging by these two looks, I I gotta say old school. Yeah, yeah, I like. You're it. in the you're in the majority. Am I? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I like. I, there's a certain point where I feel like it's too much. You know what I mean? And and just and just judging by these two pictures, you know, I see I see the new ones like like mm. you know got the scars going down the face, and it's much more chiseled to be like su- super creepy. And the plainness mm. of the old one, I think, adds to the creepiness mm-hmm. more. You know. I feel you. Yeah. I feel you. I totally disagree with you, Rob. <laughs> now we're gonna <laughs> see this table, which you, which you're unaware of. This is a table match. Oh, really? <laughs> WWE. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. This is not what I signed up for. <laughs> That's funny. It was cool though. Yeah. It was cool. A lot of the actors and actresses I think were amazing in it. Oh, and I'm not just saying that because one of the actors is in a film that I I helped cast. So. <laughs> Throw it out there, man. Throw it out there. It's okay. <laughs> he was really good in it. He was one of, like, out of the group of kids, he was the one one of the ones I liked. Yeah. Um, he did really good. He was so funny. And this is just a little side note. When we were at Tribeca for, for the uh, for the premiere of Low Tide, yeah. um, and you know how, like, the director goes up and will bring some of, like, the stars up and stuff like that. The kid is so funny, dude. T- <laughs> we're over there trying to take a picture. We're, like, sitting in front row. And this kid out of nowhere just, like, is, like, looking one way and just shoots his neck and, like, breaks his neck looking straight at us and just makes this, like, oh, sorry, I hit your camera. Or, uh, microphone. It makes this, like, really, like, like, weird face, bro. And I have the picture. I'll show you after yeah. this dude. oh it's so funny and like i was like oh my god that is so funny like it was so out of nowhere and this dude's in this world premiere at tribeca and yeah. he's got to like play around like that i thought so like he knew you guys were taking the picture and i don't know how he, I, like he didn't even look like he knew how though you know what i mean so because he was like looking straight off and we were like over to to stage right yeah and he just like breaks his neck and just like stares at oh shit <laughs> i was like oh shit oh shit <laughs> It was funny though. It's it's from hanging out on set with uh, Pennywise. That's what that is. <laughs> True, dude. All right. So with it though, news was released. So when they made it chapter one, I don't know if you're familiar with this type of technology, my friend. The technology is called de aging. Are you de aging? De aging technology. What's that? It makes old people look young. Oh, it's de aging. De aging. Am I mushing my words together? <laughs> no, 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 no. You're not at all. It was, it was the simplicity of I should have knew that de-aging was going to de-age people. That's my fault. God damn it. <laughs> um, so they're actually using this technology on the kids because when they shot chapter one, this is the crazy thing, man. And I want to get your opinion on this. So when they shot chapter one, you know, these kids were young. And now that they're shooting it chapter two, they are going to be using the kids again. Even though it revolves around them as adults, they're still using the kids for like flashback scenes. The kids are older now. Like Finn Wolfhart, the kid that played Richie, he's much taller now. Like you watched uh, Stranger Things season three, right? 
a little bit. Yeah. He got a lot taller from season one and from when he was in It Chapter One. He looks older too. So it's like a lot of these kids have grown up. They are a little bit older within the span of two years. Like they're, they're it sucks because you cast kids that are like in their prime of puberty. Yeah. You know, so. And then they're going to change so fast. Yeah. So it's like they have to use the de-aging technology already on kids. I think that's hilarious because they've been, they've used it a lot in uh, the Marvel movies. Like, they've de-aged Sam Jackson, Michael Douglas, Robert Downey Jr., and the technology is banging when the MCU uses it. They used it in the new Martin Scorsese movie, The Irishman, that's coming out with Robert De Niro and Al Pacino and Joe Pesci. Wow. Sweet. You know? Wow. Powerhouse right there. Yeah, man. Bringing the old school back. Yeah, dude. Especially Joe Pesci. He's been retired for a long time. That's amazing, dude. Wow. But they're using that technology for, you know, these movies. But it's just funny because you think it's only been used to make older people look younger. Now they're using it on younger people to make them look younger. (laughs) You know, it's kind of silly. But here's what I want to get your thoughts on, though, man. Like, if you have a movie like It that is, it's a classic Stephen King novel. The miniseries was shot as, like, part one, part two. So you're releasing it it wasn't even called chapter one it was just released as it but at the end of the movie it says it and then chapter one appears so we know we're getting a sequel after we see that so like as far as like a on a production standpoint if you have a movie such as this where you release the first one you have to assume or be prepared to do the sequel right yeah yeah i would say so yeah so as a production would you think like having these scenes shot already with the kids would have made more sense to have it ready for chapter two since it is just flashbacks oh so that's tough man and i'm not gonna like when it comes to actual production you know i do i i i major in casting right and teaching acting yeah you know um so that's a tough question the first thing that kind of comes to my mind when you ask it though and this is like you know not a professional standpoint at all is like um no it's all it's all opinion based man word i know one thing that happens in production almost every single production and matter of fact i don't think i've ever seen a production that this hasn't happened to was things change right you know especially last minute um so like it, it, it would be tough to have the scene shot already and god forbid like what if you missed one or what if this happened? And then, you know, if you're not already relying on that technology to do it, to like flash you back, then it's not going to match up. Not just that, but like, let's say that they made it one, they spent all this money in it and it totally flopped. And now they spent all this extra money making a part two and it's never going to come to to reality. Right. You know what I mean? So that's like another thing you kind of got to worry about is like it, it, as much as we know that there should be a, a like... A part two, is that going to happen? Because things happen. You know what right. I mean? Taste change. Maybe it was big back then, but it, it wouldn't take off now. I mean, it did, but what if it didn't? Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. And just like last minute stuff changing on set, definitely. You know? And then there's just the whole idea of like, why do it when there is the technology to do it now? Mm-hmm. You know? If they have the money to do it, then go for it. You yeah. know what I mean? Because if the technology is there, then don't fight it. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you because there's been several movies that have been remade too where it's like, yeah, this was a classic back in the day. People are going to love this and it fucking tanks, like you said. Yeah. I didn't mean to put you on the spot either. Like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Dude, like, I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. I'm just trying to give you quality answers, right. you know? <laughs> uh, but that's, like, that's actually a question that's been going around now. Like, why didn't they just shoot the shoot the kids when they were little? It's, it's a legit question that's been going around. The answer you gave is perfect. Like, why do you put the cart before the horse? Yeah. You know? Yeah, definitely. It, so definitely, or even two years ago. I mean, uh, you know, I'm I'm not even going to go on. There's a million different possibilities of why it couldn't have been. 
you know, productions are crazy. And anyone that knows production knows that there's a million things going on at once. So, I mean, could it have been possible? Maybe. But, you know, there's there's a tons of different reasons of, of, of why they might not have done that. You know, those are the, the, the two main ones that I could think of. Yeah. You know, stop judging people so much, guys. <laughs> They're making it in it too. Aren't you happy? Yeah. <laughs> Come on, guys. It's going to be almost three hours long. Is it really? Yeah. What do you think about that? We talked about that last <laughs> oh, week. I have such a short, short attention span, so that's <laughs> tough, man. Three hours. Is like... I said I can't do three-hour movies anymore. <laughs> yeah, dude. dude. Seriously. I mean, people have lives, you know. Yeah, it's, that's, that's what I'm saying. tough to do. I said just... Just give me a movie the most like I want to sit at a theater. Honestly, man, two hours. Yeah, max yeah, two, two hours. hours. Then, then my butt starts hurting. I have to pee mm. a million times because yeah. I drank too much soda. The popcorn doesn't taste good anymore. I'm done. Yeah. You know, um, yep. three hours. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, you know, like watch it be so good that you're like hooked in for three hours. Man, you know? it, I better be hooked in for three hours. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> that's tough, man. I think a lot of movies shouldn't be three hours that three hours. <laughs> you know what I mean? Titanic sunk. I knew that was coming up. It just took three hours to get there. <laughs> That's so hard. Titanic was a great movie. But <laughs> oh, that should be the opening right there. <laughs> that was good. All right, let's get a last topic. And then we're going to move on to our uh, main topic of the night. Do you mind if I pee real quick, actually? Absolutely not. We are in the middle of a podcast, Quinn. You should have done that before we started the podcast. We've only been doing this for 40 minutes. Imagine if you were sitting in a movie watching it for three hours. What would you do? I'd bring the movie. Oh, well, in the movie, I don't don't know what I'd do. In this circumstance, I I am not afraid to bring the mic into the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, go for it. All right, let's get into uh, the final topic before the final topic. Oh, I like that. Venom, a smash surprise hit of last year. Of course, there's going to be a sequel with the way Venom ended. We finally got a director for Venom 2, and that is going to be Andy Serkis. If nobody's familiar with Andy Serkis, he played Gollum in Lord of the Rings. He's very popular in uh, motion capture. He did Gollum. He did Caesar from the Planet of the Apes trilogy. He's done a ton of work in motion capture. Uh, He also directed Mowgli, which is on Netflix, and Breathe. I haven't seen Breathe, but uh, apparently it's very good. But kind of surprising considering the other directors that were up for this movie it landed on andy circus so i'm intrigued i'm kind of you know for me it's kind of like let's see what happens andy circus is a awesome actor awesome at motion capture but uh are, are you fam- familiar with andy circus at, at all uh not too much to be honest <laughs> <laughs> which is again <laughs> and that's that's okay like if if you're like I know Lord of the Rings. Yeah, you know who Gollum is, right? Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. Yeah. So he did the motion capture for Gollum. He like he he's very well known in you know the community for his motion capture work. Like they he he gets set up in the suit with all the balls all over, it, and like he does the body movements and everything. So like more or less, he's like kind of like a body actor. Okay. So um, what, so what makes you like intrigued by him versus it, these other directors? Because he hasn't done a whole lot. Okay. Like, I've seen Mowgli. It wasn't that great, but I say that only because it also went up against Disney's Jungle Book live action, which came out like a year or so, year or two before it. Okay. So it's like you're seeing the reimagining of the Jungle Book, the animated movie being remade. 
And then we get Mowgli, which is a different interpretation of the Jungle Book. It's it's tough competition. I, I kind of want to rewatch Mowgli to see if I get a different opinion of it afterwards. But the dude's super fucking talented Yeah. in the long run. So I'm, I'm totally intrigued, especially with something like Venom. Yeah, maybe this could be like his big his big break yeah you know fingers crossed i hope it's good i love the first venom there was a lot of a lot of hate towards the first one but the movie made a ton of money as the best spider-man villain and uh now he's a anti-hero so let's just have fun with that but uh enough of that quinn yeah are you ready to change the land? Dude, I'm like, I'm so excited to be talking about this, honestly. You know, uh, I, I'm so happy that you chose this film for us to talk about. Um, I was excited when you first told me about it. And then after watching it, um, I was watching it with my little sister in my apartment right before we came here. Um, and oh my gosh, afterwards, well, here, we'll talk about it first. But thank <laughs> you. Thank you, Rob. <laughs> All right. Well, with your uh, with your reaction right there, I'm assuming you felt the same way I felt about this movie. All right. So we've got Changeland, which is directed starring Seth Green. That's amazing to hear. (laughs) Along with Brecken Meyer, Macaulay Culkin. Oh, my gosh. Who was amazing. Claire Grant and Brenda Song. Also, surprise, surprise, Randy Orton. (laughs) Um, Surprise. (laughs) For being a Seth Green directed starring movie, I'm just gonna say right off the bat, this movie was awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah. I I think we do agree then. Okay. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> this movie was great. Hopping right into it, the opening of the movie, even right at the opening credits, it it kind of does something very similar to The Graduate, where it's Seth Green walking and doing like several different things, and it's just like especially being like on an escalator and it was the first thing i thought of was the opening scene for the graduate especially with the way the credits worked it was actually opposite of the way the credits worked with the graduate because i don't know if you noticed this but in the opening credits the text would always fall on his face i didn't even take notice of that no wow yeah it, it was it was interesting because in the graduate there's one scene where it's you know he is off to like the right and then the text shows on the left Okay. But in this, it's the exact opposite. It's like Seth Green is off to the right, and there's this open space to the left of him, but the text still falls on the right on top of his face. I think that says a lot about the film right then and there. It's like, so the whole story of Changeland is Seth Green's character, Brandon, meets up with his buddy, Dan, who is played by Brecken Meyer, at an airport, and they go on this vacation to Thailand. And in the midst of that, right in the beginning, Seth Green, uh, by the way, this is going to be a, it's going to start off, mm, what do you think, man? Do you want to do non-spoilers? you want to spoiler? Um, yeah, let's spoil it. All right, guys, we're just going to go straight ahead and just do spoiler talk. So just be prepared. If you have not seen the movie, go watch it. It's on demand. Ooh, 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 I'm good at this. If you haven't watched it, turn this off now and resume after. All right, we're back. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed it. (laughs) All right, it's on demand. Go check it out. You can uh, rent it on Amazon. I think it's like $5.99 on Amazon Prime right now. That's how I watched it. Me too. (laughs) Rent it. Um, So it opens with uh, Seth Green meeting Breckenmeyer in an airport. And we learn that Seth Green feels like his wife has been cheating on him. And dude, right right here, Breckenmeyer says something right in the beginning. He says, well, what do you want to do? Do you want to fight for it? Or do you just want to move on? And Seth Green says, you know, man, it's not 
it's not that simple. He's like, no, no, it is that simple. Do you want to fight for it or do you want to move on? Yeah. They end up going on this trip into Thailand where they go through a whole bunch of... Experiences. There you go. Different experiences together. And uh, they meet a whole bunch of different people. And it's an incredible journey. Uh, I mean, you liked it as much as I did, I'm guessing. like, Yeah, dude. All right. So, like, I don't even know where to start about this film. First off, let me just start out that I have a personal love for Seth Green a lot because of We Spare and Ryan. Uh, for you listeners that don't know, um, I'm a casting director and vice president of a company called We Spare and Ryan. It's been a family-owned business. Um, my grandmother was the first in the family to be involved in it. Um, and back in the 70s, um, she owned it while it was um, while the company was in Philadelphia. Well, a branch of it was in Philadelphia. And Seth Green started with my grandmother when he was about six and a half, um, which is cool. So I kind of have a personal personal love for Seth Green when it comes when it when it comes to stuff. So like I guess it's a little swayed, but I mean it was just amazing. And Changeland, it was so cool to see all of him in it. Um, since he directed it, he starred in it, he wrote it. Um, it was him in it, and and I thought it was just so magical. From starting off with the cinematography, it was it was great. You know what I mean? Everything was so visual. It was so vibrant. All the colors matched. If you notice, even in their clothing, it, it, the clothing had to match something else in the scene at all times, which was so cool. But going along with that, like when I first saw it, I was like, wow, okay, um, this is definitely a a, um, a character that I've seen Seth play before. Which I mean, we'll go back to what we were talking about earlier about um, uh, without a paddle. He right, plays right. a really conserved kind of, you know, geeky kind of guy that doesn't want to get out too much and stuff like that. And his friends get him out, make him experience stuff. And he ends up breaking out of this bubble. So when I first started watching it, I was a little, little critical on that um, just because I saw it. Does he play the part well? Better than anyone else I know. Um, and that's not just because my grandma taught him. <laughs> but um, but um, what's it called? Like uh, he, uh, you know, he he plays the part so well, and it was so good. Um, and then pretty much, I'll just give you my whole scoop, I guess. Right now, yeah. I guess that's what I can yeah. do. So then, as I'm watching, I saw it a little slow in the beginning, and this is kind of going to hint to where I'm going to rate it at the end. Um, so I saw it moving kind of slow at first, mm-hmm. um, which for me, I'm more of a <clears throat> attention grabber. I don't like all action. I can get into it, but you know, it was, it was a little slow. And that's one thing that I was worried about while watching it. You know, I was kind of losing track a little bit as it went on, man. Oh my goodness, dude. That's, that's, it's gotta be in my top five now. It really does. Really? Yeah. That's how much it hit me. Um, my sister and I are watching it and I didn't know exactly where the movie was going too much. I kind of knew, but I didn't know at the same time. Um, and as it started to go on, man, it was just beautiful. And like, it was so relatable. It was so, it was just so real, you know, it, like, like in the end of it, that's what it was. It was so real and it made me really feel good. And like, I started thinking about ways that like I could break out of my shell kind of in it. I hope this is all making sense. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But oh my God, dude, it was, it was just an amazing movie. I could go on and on about it, but it, it, it's definitely one of my top five. Seth is awesome. It was so cool to see a project that he made from scratch, just go to work like that and work. Um, his cast was incredible. Macaulay Culkin, I was so happy to see him in it. Um, <laughs> it it's it, any any time you can see Macaulay Culkin just randomly pop up in something, it's like, yeah, you get like a little charge from it, like right? yeah, like I heard he was in this movie, and I was like, oh fuck, I love the movie Saved with yeah. uh, him and Mandy Moore. Yeah, it's like anytime he pops up, it's just like you know you're gonna get a good time if he's in it. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. And did he play a good time in that? Oh my god, absolutely. You know that would have been my. Uh, that's what I want my bachelor party to be like is with Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> yeah, dude, just come on, man. Macaulay, yeah. I don't know you, but just come on to my bachelor party. Yeah, right. But he has to wear those same glasses that he yeah, wore the, the entire Yeah, and the bunny ears. Yeah, and the bunny ears. And the bunny ears. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. 
it was a uh, it, it was it was an amazing movie though, and it had such a good feel good moment at the end. CC and I, which is my CC's my little sister, and we were watching it together. Um, and like at one point in the movie, we just looked at each other. We're like, "Wow, this is a good movie." Like, um, and dating back to what we were talking—not dating, but like going back to what we were talking about before about um, a, you know a film is all about the feeling you get from it. Talk about a feeling. Yeah. That feeling made me feel good about my life. It made yeah. me think about like ways that I, you know, that I've held back or I've always said what if and I never went and chased those moments. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really what that film is about in the end is just chasing that moment and living, living without regret in a way, you know, and, uh, and just, and fighting for it in the end. You know, I think, I think it was magical. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And uh, definitely with the fact that you can absolutely relate to this with uh, what Seth's character is going through in the movie. I definitely could. You could. Yeah. Maybe not exactly 100% agree with the exact circumstances of what he was going through, but something similar, I'm sure you could relate to it. I agree 100% the cast in this was incredible. Oh, yeah. Um, Macaulay Culkin, Breckenmeyer. Meyer was amazing. He was so good. By the way, this is like a 90s kid's wet dream, I, I gotta say, because you've got Seth Green from Can't Hardly Wait, you've got Breckenmeyer from Clueless and Road Trip, you've got Macaulay Culkin from Save, that was the 2000s, but also, I mean, the kid from Home Alone and, you know. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like, this, this it, it was just it was just fantastic, the casting. They all did amazing. Breckenmeyer, I thought was just absolutely fantastic. I, I wanna see this guy do more. Me too. Um, Me too. Definitely. And big props for the scenery, man. Yeah. The locations. Uh, one of my big things probably was there is a ton of filler throughout the movie. Like it's like after each scene, it's just long shots of filler. Yeah. That's probably my biggest gripe with the movie. Uh, other than that, the whole the whole script direction of Seth Green very well done. Yeah. I just want to start off talking about Randy Orton. So he's a he's a fighter. He was the big muscle guy with all the tattoos. With the uh, the really nice guy, <laughs> the super nice guy that you always thought wasn't going to be nice at yeah. some point. Who the fuck are these guys? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that guy. His character, man, he was like unintentionally funny to me because you know it starts off where like he's like not the nice guy, but then it's like. Every so often, he keeps coming over and saying, let me talk to your friend here. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, for me, out. I, for me, I was like, oh, man, he's going to try to fuck Seth Green. I'm so I'm so happy you said that, man, because I was thinking the same thing the whole time. <laughs> I was so ready for so much romance to go on in that movie. Yeah. At first, I thought it was going to be the two main characters in the beginning, mm-hmm. um, especially when I saw that his toenails were painted and stuff like yeah. that. Um, which one? What's his name again? I'm sorry. Uh, Breckenmeyer. Yeah, Breckenmeyer. I thought there was going to be a relationship between Breckenmeyer and Seth Green. I thought there was going to be. And then that didn't come to fruition. And then the big muscly guy, I was waiting for it, man. Yeah. I was waiting for him to like grab him and like bring him in or something. Because he kept grabbing him and pulling him aside. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, oh, And it was all about this. Like, everyone is. wants love. Everyone mm-hmm. wants to feel, you know, safe. He was just put in there to be inspirational. Like, all these characters were were put into this movie. Like, in this story, these characters showed up for Seth's character just to guide him to the next step of what he needs to do, like, to help him figure out what it is that he's doing. Yeah. You know? It was just very well done because everyone he meets has a story for him or has, like, advice for him. Yeah. And he listens and he takes it and he goes with it. Like, you you know, when you you said, like, it's uh, relatable to his character without a paddle, Almost, you know, uh, it starts off where he's very like, you know, very closed in, not wanting to open himself up or anything. And then as the movie goes on, you know, he starts to experience more with his life and he starts to open up more. And, you know, by the end, you're, you're still not sure with what it is that he goes with. But 
Um, and I love that. I love that it leaves it open like when that. It, man, usually I'm not a fan of that type of ending where but it like it leaves perfect. it open. It was perfect that way, wasn't it? It was perfect. You know? Yeah. Oh my you gosh. Know, throughout the movie, you get calls from his wife. You know, she leaves him a voicemail saying like, hey, I'm, I'm going to be at work late tonight. Uh, this and that, blah, blah. And then you get another voicemail saying like, oh, hey, uh, I can't wait to see you. Uh, I can't wait to hang out with our, on our anniversary. Then... The final voicemail is, where are you? I'm so worried about you and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Like, so uh, Seth had actually done this trip for his wife for their anniversary. And then when he found out that she was cheating on him is when she he called his best friend, say, hey, we got to go to Thailand. And he's like, all right, I'll be there. What a good best friend. Yeah. And dude, you learn that in, in the movie too, because I don't know if you've had this or not. I have, but like, you know, you start dating someone. It's like your friends become kind of like backseat passengers. Yeah. Almost. Distance. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, the distance ha- happens and you know, you get that, you don't see it happen, but through the dialogue, you get it and you understand it. Yeah. You know, like, Hey, where were you when I was doing this? Like you call me your best friend, but where were you? Yeah. You know, um, and then that whole that. thing about his girlfriend like shutting him out, be like, "Oh, this is only for family." When he like traveled all that way to come there and stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. dude, that that part, like that part, was like pretty fucking moving. It too. pissed me off. Yeah, it really did. I he was tell- like, "Wow," you know, like he says, like you know, I was there for Christmas. He's like, "What are you talking about?" He's like, uh, "You know, I called you, and you know, you never called me back." He's like, "Well, didn't such and didn't my, didn't uh, you know my wife call you?" Yeah, she called me and told me I wasn't welcome. Pretty much, you know. Like it's tough. And like, you know, I, I've been in a relationship before where you're with someone, it's like they're around your friends and then you don't find out till after the relationship's over where your friends tell you like, yeah, we never liked her. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like, you know, it's good being a friend that way where they're not telling you exactly what they think of your, you know, your partner. Yeah, because they want to like respect your opinion and stuff. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, ah, oh, man, like, well, I wish you could have told me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it definitely is. One thing that really stuck out with me with that movie was just the whole thing about, like, um, and this is just, like, kind of something that, like, I kind of perceived from it, but it was um, the whole time he just, like, uh, Seth Green's character never wanted to go against the tide. You know what I mean? Everything, that if there was a rule, he didn't want to break it, it seemed like, and it was like he just, um, you know, if anything was telling him not to do something, he just wouldn't do it. Like, going under the waterfall when he was swimming. Yeah. Um, but one thing that I thought was really cool, and it was just really smart of them to do, was when he was on the cliff about to jump, and right under him and to the side a little bit was no jumping sign. Yeah. Um, and he chose not to do it. You yeah. know what I mean? I thought that just, it spoke so many messages right there. Um, and that, it was in that scene that I really started to get the message of the entire film, I felt like. Mm-hmm. At least at least from what I perceived from it. You know? Also, man, same scene. He walks past the kid who's going up the, the cliff. Yeah. <clears throat> And he's like, you're not going to jump? He goes, no. Yeah. You know, totally. I totally agree with you. Yeah. It's like, he just like, it's too closed in, you know? Yeah. It's nuts. But... It's like, even this kid's going up to jump. Yeah. Yeah. Know? And it like really stuck out to him. And I've been there, man. I've been there. I've been there off, you know, growing up in, in the middle of nowhere, kind of, with yeah. uh, with my friends who go bridge jumping all the time. And I remember I hated jumping off there. But like, that really like... It really does stick out because, like, if like you start noticing, like, like that is such a good, simple comparison to like how people live their lives. You know what I mean? They're just too afraid to jump. Yeah. You know, and that was that was what the the movie was kind of about. Yeah. It's like, are you are you gonna are you gonna jump or are you just gonna stay there? Like, what are you gonna do? Yeah. Are you gonna fight for it or not? Yeah. Are you gonna yeah. fight for it? Or are you gonna move on? Yeah. It's crazy, dude. It's crazy. It was such a good movie. It was such a good movie. With um, Macaulay Culkin, though, that was like he had one one line that like was amazing. Uh, Seth Green asks him. Um, he says, "So, do, you know, 
where are you from? Because obviously, you know, Macaulay Culkin's not from Thailand. Yeah. He says, oh, I grew up in like uh, South Dakota or Denver or something like that. And he's like, he's like yeah, I came here about, uh, I don't know, like 18 years ago. It, 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 a number around there, not the exact number, but he's like, yeah, but don't you miss your life? And he's, and then he says this line, and this line caught me pretty good. He says, how can you miss life if you're too busy living it? Tell me that's not powerful. You know? Yeah, man. Like, yeah. I know that scene too. It's, it's it's when they're sitting on the boat, right? And it's yeah. just him and Seth Green talking about it. Yeah, that was that was powerful, and that's that's so true. You know what I mean? Like how I noticed, um, you know, in times throughout my life when I was like not doing a lot, and like I would really like be like really like kind of like self um, inflecting, if that's the right word. I'm really just kind of like inflecting on my life and stuff like that. And then I'll get to times like right now with all these castings and all these films and stuff like that, and I'm like, man, like I don't have time to miss anything. Like I really don't. Like it's just it's so powerful. I feel like not not enough people are 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 um, are at that point where they're living their life so much that they can't they can't like look back on it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I really think that. Yeah, I feel that a hundred percent. I'm sure a lot of people feel like that though. Like you're 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 on a you're on a timeline with life, and you're going one direction kind of, and like you know this is how things are supposed to be. This is how things are supposed to go. But you're kind of like on a subway car at that point, and you're just like going down the one tube, and you're stuck in that one spot. Like what this movie kind of tells you is you don't have to be stuck on this one car going this one direction. You can get off the car and go somewhere else and have a better time with what that is you so actually want to do. You know that's so true, and that's that's the feeling that 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 the that the, that the film left me with. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like when um when I watched that, like the like I got up and I was like. I just felt so optimistic about life after watching that. You know what I mean? And and it's it's so easy to get stuck in a rut. You know, like Seth was in the beginning of a movie. Now, maybe it doesn't have to be someone cheating on you or something like that. But it's so easy to just fall into a rut um, with our daily lives and stuff like that. And like after watching something like that, like man, it really opened me up. And all of a sudden, I'm like, I felt like this burst of energy right after I watched the film. Yeah. And I'm always talking about how the film, like how I feel after I watch it. Mm. So like, um, but yeah, after this, I just, I felt this burst of energy and I got up and I was like, wow, God, like I feel like doing something, you know what I mean? I feel like going out, talking to new people, making friends, having new experiences, you know what I mean? And I, yeah. I, that's, that's kind of why I love films like that so much, man. It's just like, you know, I love it when I could sit down and watch something and like it all of a sudden it makes me feel different in my everyday life like think about that though a film and i know this is kind of getting off the beaten path a little bit but a film watching something on a on a monitor that can really help you in your life or change the way you live your life that's so powerful and for someone to be able to capture that capture that feeling in a film and have people leaving after watching that with that feeling that's 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 i I think that's what every good filmmaker goes for and that's why i think this is a great film and i think seth caught that you know absolutely i mean do we we go back to what we were talking about with horror movies you, you go to the cinema you go to the movie theaters or whatever to to experience something like it, it sucks that this wasn't as big of like a theatrical release as it i feel like it should have been i feel like yeah. like it's unfortunate because like i i do think this movie is going to be under the radar just because it was direct to streaming 
you know like there if there was a theatrical release i'm not sure if there was but it might be limited but this movie was so fucking good it deserved to be in cinemas and like i said this last episode too it sucks being in the era of movies where we're getting a ton of blockbusters now where we're striving to go see the next comic book movie we're going to see the next big horror movie I love horror movies, don't get me wrong, but like that's kind of like what the movie theaters are based on now. Like we're missing out on these awesome stories that are being told independently, especially by creative fucking people that deserve to have their stories told. And I said that again last time when we talked about uh, Loose. Like I really hope Loose gets seen just like I wish everyone would go see this movie or, you know, sit sit on their couch and watch this movie because these are these are movies that deserve to be seen and I feel like a lot of people are not seeing them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Did you know that this movie got three and a half stars on Amazon Prime? That is bullshit. Dude, is, I was so upset about that and I told my little sister when I come on this podcast I'm going to rage against it. That is bullshit. Three and a half stars this, the, 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 this film got. How the hell are you going to tell me that's three and a half stars? And I see some of these four star, four and a half star movies and I'm like, I just have to shake my head. I'm like, are you kidding me? You know? That's, that's nuts. ridiculous. That's oh, nuts. man. Going, going back a little bit, though, and not to disagree with you, almighty host. <laughs> 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 but going back a little bit, like, um, with the film industry um, and about, like, these blockbusters and stuff, like, I, told, I, I couldn't agree with you more because... Um, I couldn't agree with you more and I couldn't contradict more. And I'll explain that. Yeah, these movie theaters and stuff like that, like they're putting out these blockbusters and it's, 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 it's a catch all kind of thing. You know what I mean? And that's partially because they got to make their money back with it. But at the same time, um, you're talking about these independent movies and stuff like that. And like, I don't, like, I argue because I think we, we, we couldn't be in a better time for it. And I'll, I'll explain that a little bit more. It's because, like, now we have these... First off, the technology isn't as expensive as it was. Don't get me wrong. You can dump $300 million, $500 million, You know what I mean? Like, how, how, however much money you want to into these films. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, they can come out great. But to, get, to make a good quality film, depending on, like, what kind of film you're trying to make, you really don't need as much money as you did before. So it's cheaper productions nowadays. On top of that, you have all these different platforms, like Amazon Prime, Netflix... Hulu. I mean, shit, YouTube even. You know what I mean? So you have all these outlets to put out this content. So they're not the blockbusters that everyone saw. But there is so much more opportunity, at least in my opinion, to to start seeing these creative films. And not only that, but now these creative films are getting a decent amount of funding behind them. And they don't need that much money like they did 10, 20, 30 years ago to create these quality films for a low budget. So it really allows like a lot of these indie films and a lot of these off-the-wall ideas and stuff like that to really come to to really come to fruition you know and so that's um that that's why i don't think i don't think any time is better than 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 the current time you know 2019 baby we're here (laughs) (laughs) it's amazing so dude i'm I'm gonna be straightforward with you here uh you kind of just opened my ass a little bit um (laughs) (laughs) nice um the way you worded that just now um that's a perfect way to say it. We are living in a great time for movies. We're saying streaming, so such as Netflix, Hulu, uh, Amazon Prime, what have you. That is perfect platforms for indie movies to be thrown, you yeah. know, to be seen on. I, I haven't thought about it like that. So it's a good way. That that that's a good way of thinking about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, dude, thank you. No, hey, no problem. You know, and this, and this is stuff that I think about all the time. You know, yeah. but then what you were saying before about these movie theaters and stuff like that, and these blockbusters and stuff like that. Like, yeah, you're right. They're so catch all kind of, you know what I mean? And these movie theaters. And it's really like, I was talking to a one guy who was working on my laptop. Actually, he was part of uh, the Microsoft team and stuff like that. I was having some problems and he was from India and stuff like that. And we were talking about 
um, you know, um, um, the film industry is compared from Hollywood to Bollywood and stuff. He was talking, oh, well, you guys are just into all this action, da 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 And I'm like, all right, yeah, but you're just looking at the movie theaters. I was like, you got to see some of the films I'm watching. Like, they're nuts. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and we had this talk, and we, I totally changed his totally changed his opinion of, of, of American film in a way because mm-hmm. um, a lot of times a lot of times people just know the blockbusters because they're the ones with the multi hundred million dollar budgets to do all this marketing and release them in theaters and stuff but you don't think about all these smaller ones that are in there um, like Swiss Army Man dude you yeah. know what I mean I keep bringing it but bringing it back up but I mean that's a, an amazing movie I mean Netflix has tons of them you know they're they got their own production company and they're much more of a um, artistic kind of view you know what I mean and like going on that just a little more specific and stuff so you have these production companies now um, where you used to just have huge huge production companies that would make them because they had to have a crap ton of money behind them in order to get them released and stuff so you have like Miramax and like all these huge production companies now a lot of smaller production companies are popping up because you don't need that much money you know what I mean if you're doing a direct release right on Netflix or Hulu or something like that or you're even syndicating it across a couple of these platforms you don't need as much money as you used to. So you're not just going under the word and under the direction of these huge production companies now. Now you have um, the uh, the artists are getting more of a say in their projects. They have a lot more control over their own projects as opposed to being um, shackled by a studio. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And that's showing. I mean, you know, flick on Netflix. It's, it's, it's showing. It really is. It's just not in the traditional sense that people are still so used to with you know a movie coming out it being in the movie theaters and you see commercials for it and stuff like that like it's it's the the whole industry and the way movies are are being are being distributed and platformed and stuff like that is just totally different you know yeah yeah it's amazing it's it's stuff i think about all the time while i'm laying there in bed (laughs) dude i (laughs) that's why i don't have a girlfriend (laughs) hey ladies if you are single and uh need a (laughs) only if you're nice (laughs) yeah please be nice don't be a jerk i'm tired of these mean people (laughs) (laughs) quinn needs a nice girl please (laughs) (laughs) um you know past couple episodes i I, not not so much i've been a little bashing on the you know the blockbuster thing for the movies but like well you're totally right with the blockbusters you know what I mean? Yeah. I think I think you couldn't be more right. But you're absolutely right in the fact that we do have the platforms now to watch these these independents. So it's not like they're not being seen. But my whole thing was I I, I think more people need to see them, and I think they need to be more aware of them. Like this movie, we both loved it. How many people are aware of Changeland being a thing? That's that's so true. That's you know? so true. Honestly, I didn't even know. You know what I mean? I I, I saw I saw one preview for it. Um, that was somewhere, but I, you know, we work in the industry, yeah. so you know, we we're kind of on top of things a little bit. But you're you're totally right. That dude, I just took a television history class in college, um, and we were talking about the difference, you know, the the whole world changing, and that's what kind of brought my eye to this whole distribution thing that's changing up the the the, the film industry. But um, that's one of the problems they're facing to this this day is exactly what you're talking about about not enough people seeing it now. So now you have all this content being pushed out where you don't need that much money of all these platforms and stuff like that. But what that means is that where 20 years ago you would go to the movie theaters and everyone would go to the movie theaters and see what, like seven in a playlist. So you got to choose between those seven. Now they can choose whatever they want, not just what's coming out, but what's been out already. Yeah. You know what I mean? The entire film industry is now online and it's nuts. So like, so ratings aren't as high. Big production companies, that's why they're going down right now. It's just nuts to think about. You know what I mean? 
So now you're not seeing like 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 as many views, and like you might see movies that other people don't know about, and this is happening more and more and more because they're smaller audiences, but they're what they're what they're turning into is niche audiences. So it's audiences that are specifically into whatever that movie is 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 well, whatever genre that movie's in or whatever niche that movie has. Mm-hmm. You find these niche markets, but that's the downfall of the film industry nowadays. Um, is that not a lot? Not as many people are gonna see everything. You know what I mean? Because everyone's in a different niche and stuff like that. Not only that, but like money being made. Um, movies aren't bringing in as much money as they were before because they're not. It's not the the general whole entire population being thrown into it. You know. Yeah, especially this year, uh, this summer especially. I mean, you look compared to last year, the the intake is not as high as it was last year. Saying niche too, I I think that 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 was a good word to use too because you're trying to in the long run, movies are it's a it's all a business, so it's um, you know the whole thing of supply and demand, more or less. Um, maybe not supply and demand, but it's what does everyone want to see? Everyone wants to see superheroes. Yeah. So we're going to put out as many superheroes as we can until it dies out. And we're going to make as much money off of these superheroes as we can. And, you know, I I do agree with you. Like, these movies are what sells and these movies are what make these companies money. So that's exactly what we're going to get more of because we're all going to go out and see these movies. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Which, dude, doesn't that kind of bring us into what we were talking about before? About, like, um, let's take the It movie, uh, the, the It movie, for example. Yeah. How they tied in that, like, uh, it was kind of geared to a younger generation. Mm-hmm. But the older generation's already in It. Yeah. So it's, they're constantly looking, these blockbusters are looking for these catch-alls. Mm-hmm. Which is debatable. Like, does that make the, does that make the movie worse? It's, you know what I mean? It, like, Bro, it's kind of like throw your hook out and see what you catch because you can even look at Blade Runner. Blade Runner is one of the most popular sci-fi movies yeah. of all time. They came out with Blade Runner 2049. Movie bombed. Really? Yeah. So it's like, it's kind of, it really is like, uh, I mean, you said it with it too, or it as well. You're not going to put the cart before the horse, whereas you're going to have both movies filmed and release them. You're going to film one, release it, see how it does. And hopefully you get a bite on it and then you can release the second one. Yeah. You know? It's crazy, man. We're in a crazy time for the film industry. It's changing like it's never changed yeah. before. You know? And then, you know, what are your thoughts? Do you think we'll still have movie theaters around in 10 years? Man, that's a good question, honestly. I I think so. I think they're definitely not going to be as popular as they are now. I mean, that's even showing. 10 years ago to now, look at what movie theaters are. There's way less people. You know what I mean? They're, they're making way less money. Yeah. Um, I see movie theaters left and right shutting down. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? Now they're introducing bars and like all this other stuff into there to try to keep them going. But yeah, dude, I think like the, the, the way that we're used to watching, watching film is, is, is totally changing. You know what I mean? I mean, look, from five, 10 years ago to now, all of a sudden we have everything directly, in, directly into our living rooms. You know what I mean? And not just that, but movie theaters are only playing. Like, you only have so many screens in a movie theater. I can watch anything I want at home. You know what I mean? And, I, and I'm not glued to it either. I could stop it. I could go. It's, it's convenient. I feel comfortable. And yeah, and the selection is just way more. So that's a good question. I, I think movie theaters are still going to be around for the sole purpose of the, the joy of going to a movie theater mm-hmm. and watching a movie in theaters. But no, I don't, I don't think... I don't think it's ever going to be as big as it once was. I mean, think about why why movie theaters became a thing. Mm-hmm. Why did they become a thing? Because people couldn't access television into their own home. There was no TV sets at first in, 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 in homes. Yeah. I mean, you can look at Gone with the Wind. Gone with the Wind um, is still one of, 
that is the highest grossing movie of all time, uh, yeah. you know, with inflation. Why is that? That's because there was nothing to do. Everyone yeah. went to the movie. There were, they, they didn't have a ton of movies out, you know, at that time. It was Gone with the Wind and another movie, maybe. Yeah. But you went into one theater and you watched one movie, and Gone with the Wind was that movie. Being home, being able to watch a movie, the, the, there's a huge difference to me between how you experience a movie. Um, watching something on the TV and watching something on the big screen. I, I agree with you. I do think that, I do believe that theaters are going to be around for a long time because we do, like, the blockbusters, again, you're going to want to see those on the big screen. Yeah. You know, you're going to want to experience that on the big screen with the surround sound. You're going to want to have the company of the people around you, minus the ones that suck that you don't want there. Yeah. You know, but I'll, I'll use uh, Infinity War, Avengers Infinity War, for an example. Seeing that in the theater, the experience would have been totally different if I'd seen that at home for the first time as opposed to the movie theater. I see exactly what you're saying. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's something it's something about the theater that it just brings something up in you where you're just like yes this yeah. is amazing yeah and there's and there's tons of different things that go in that and, and like you touched upon so many of them and it's so funny because we talked about this in my television history class was that was 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 all these experiences and yeah when you go somewhere it's just, it's it's the experience it's being surrounded by people that are experienced experiencing the same this oh, it's it, <laughs> damn it what's it called um, um part of it is like you're going somewhere and you're experiencing something where people around you are experiencing the same thing you know what i mean it's an experience in the yeah. end you know but is that going to be enough to keep movie theaters thriving like it is now i don't i don't think there's enough people that are that that are going to value that in the end you know what i mean you got to think about the general public. The general public is much bigger than the hardcore base. Like, yeah. like me, I'm a hardcore base. So I'll go see a movie, you know? Heck like, yeah. You know, general public though. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Are they going to, especially with ticket prices going up, eventually it's going to be like $20 a ticket. Like, I mean, New York City, it's like 20 bucks a ticket. <sighs> That's you know? nuts. How much money are you going to pay to see a movie? Whereas at home you can sit and rent a movie for five ninety nine. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's sad because especially in an area like, do you do you tell people where we're located? Kind of. No. Do people know? All right, so never mind. So especially like an area that we live in. Um, <laughs> Guys, we live in New Jersey. <laughs> right, so I didn't know if you didn't want any stalkers or anything. Um, South Jersey, you know, where I mean, if, if you notice, there's so many movie theaters around us that are that are dying right now. Um, they're trying to come back up, and it's just like, it's just crazy. Shit, like, dude, I've lived down here for almost three years, and two movie theaters have closed down since I've been there. And we here. don't have that many theaters there's around really here not, either. Man. You know. That's the crazy thing. It's just, it's nuts. You know, it's, it's, it's technology and you really can't fight it. You know yeah. what I mean? But I think, I think there will always be movie theaters for the sake of having a movie theater and going to one and that experience. I mean, shit guys, uh, drive-ins are making a comeback. I've been to, a I've never been to now. a drive-in. Dude, they're a blast. I've seen, uh, I saw Ninja Turtles and I saw Gremlins. Really? It was amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. That sounds so cool. I always wanted to bring a girl to a drive-in and have like that, that, Get your freak on. Yeah, sure. <laughs> or just like that romantic, you know, like watching it in the car and like, you know, like the little speaker next to you and yeah. stuff. I think that's so cool. And I've only seen it in movies and stuff. And I've always wanted to go to one. They all shut down around here. I think one's open right now. And I think uh, there, there's one over in... Uh, Delcy? Vineland. Vineland on, on Delcy Drive. Yeah, 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 is, yeah. Is it still open? Yeah, it's still open. Can we go? Yeah. You want to go? Will you be my girl? No, I'm just <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> oh, man, I'm sorry. 
But no, I would, I would like, like, even if it's not with a girl, <laughs> I would love to like go, go with a bunch of friends. That sounds like, super cool, you know. But that, that, that says it all right there. Drive-ins were a huge thing before movie theaters were a yeah. huge thing, right? Yeah. And then look at them making a comeback now. Yeah. Why? But why? Because nostalgia. Nostalgia. Yeah. yeah. It's for the sake of going. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think that's exactly what movie theaters are going into. Yeah. You know, I I don't think movie theaters are ever going to go. They're never going to go away. They, yeah. You know, they'll always be here. You know, we might not have as many, but we'll always have them. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, Lower your popcorn costs movie theaters. Maybe more people will come. <laughs> <laughs> popcorn is expensive at a movie theater. Yeah. man. That's how the theaters make their money, though. Is it really? Concessions. Of- oh, man. Dude. Popcorn and sodas. That's why you're paying 10 bucks for a soda. <laughs> that's why the bars are coming in okay that yeah. hey man they're getting clever yeah they'll get you with beer yeah there's that one movie theater that just opened up what, what's it called it's it's right around here the new franks is it is that the one yeah where they're having all like the uh i know a bunch of like uh films that are running through east baron are being premiered there and stuff like that they got yeah. the bar in there and the nice cushion seats so you can eat dinner there yeah they got i think the that's lounging. so cool yeah. yeah that's that's awesome is that open now i think so yeah oh yeah 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 definitely um, Charter Tech, the Performing Arts School, they just had their uh, their film, like not a coffee house, their film, uh, I guess you could kind of say like a little mini film festival for the high school. They just had it there. Oh, that's and I heard cool. it went really well. I feel so comfortable right now talking about this. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's so nice. <laughs> uh, man, um, let's let's get back to Changeland, though. Uh, oh, yeah, Changeland. Awesome yeah, I totally movie. forgot we were talking about that. <laughs> um, I mean, man, any, any other parts for you that's like anything else sticking out? That you want to talk about yeah yeah when he went up and got his ass beat that was such a changing point i mean that was the changing point in the movie but man what what a better way to do that than just going up there taking the risk getting totally it, it spoke volumes about it because because like a lot of this film was just about taking taking the risk in the end so for those of you guys that haven't seen it like he's like really down on his life he has this talk and everything and finally he decides to go up in this drunken night in thailand see this boxing thing um and fight this guy um and it was, i will kill you yeah i will kill you mm. and uh what's it called and it was like his uh it was like his first time coming out of his box and like actually going and doing something he wouldn't jump off cliffs into the water he wouldn't you know stand up to to this girl that was obviously not good for him and like all this different stuff but he finally went up and he did this boxing match and he went in there and he got his ass beat um and when he was laying on the ground and he opened his eyes he was smiling and that was that's that's that was such a powerful scene because that really encaptured in like take the risk you know make the leap fight for it even if it doesn't work out, you'll probably still be happier in the end than knowing than 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 not doing it. And like that spoke volumes. At least how how it related to me was like, you know, I've some of my worst times in my life that I still, you know, how you look back on sometimes and you like really cringe. You're like, ah, how did I do that? Oh yeah, all the time. Those times for me are like when I when when I held back, when I didn't like go and do something that I thought maybe man I should do this, you know, or I should take that risk and stuff, and I would hold back. And like those are some of the worst times in my life. You know what I mean? When I when I didn't take that chance and the fact that he took that chance lost completely yeah. you know what i mean and was still happier at the end like that's yeah. when it really kicked into me um that that might have been my favorite scene um which is very stereotypical because it was like the changing point of the movie but yeah. it's just the way they did it and how they incorporated that into a fight scene like it couldn't have made it better it was just perfect you know yeah. and that 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 part of the movie that was really stuck out to me that and the sign when he was jumping off the cliff yeah. that 
that whole scene uh, in the fighting when they go out and party and everything, like with the the kickboxing match, that that whole that whole area of the movie was probably my favorite part. Um, you know, with the fighting, with him, you know, hooking up with the girl. Yeah. Uh, with Randy Orton taking him down the alley to get the shot from the old yeah the old man and yeah. you know, he says why me he says why not you you know um that whole that whole concept was just very cool yeah and like you said it's like that's when he finally opens up and he's like yep i know what i need to do and that was amazing yeah that was amazing it's gonna make me go to work tomorrow and like live my life better you know what i mean <laughs> seriously yeah. I've I watched the movie twice. Did you really? Yeah, I watched it and then I rewatched it right after. That's so funny because literally, if I if I had enough time to watch it twice, I would have. The whole time I'm watching, I'm like, man, I know I'm gonna want to watch this again. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I only had time to watch it once and then come here. Yeah. Um. But man, oh my god, that was that was so good. That's funny. Yeah, man. Um, dude, let's uh, let's let's start to wrap it up. All right. Sounds uh, good. Um, overall, with everything, like what. With all your thoughts of the movie, with uh, what you're feeling with it, uh, if you were to grade it, one through ten, what would you rate it? So after giving this some serious thought, um, I would have to grade it. I, I I would say an eight. I would say an eight, definitely, right. which is strong. You know what I mean? I don't mm -hmm. think I've ever said anything was a ten, at least not being serious. So yeah, so I would say about an eight. Um, why? Because like. Uh, you know, it, first off, it was a great movie. I love movies that make me feel like that at the end. All the stuff that we talked about, that's why it was an eight. The only thing that brought it down was the fact that there was a little bit of filler. Um, and it was a little slow throughout the beginning and a little in the middle. You know what I mean? Um, which I could see why some people would have graded it lower, which is why it was a 3.5 on Amazon. Yeah, because was, it was the throne, was, was the slowness. Um, a lot of people have trouble, including me, paying attention that long. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's what that 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 and the filler, I think, were the real reasons why I thought it was an eight. Um, but other than that, man, it was perfect, dude. I loved it, and I'm so happy for Seth Green. I think that was great. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm very close to you. I'm. Uh, I would give it a eight and a half. An eight and a half. Yeah. Okay. I, I absolutely love this movie. The entire cast all together. You know, from Breckenmeyer, Macaulay Culkin, even Randy Orton. Yeah. The filler. There, there was too much filler for me that that's one of the things that you know kind of affected it for me it was a little bit slow in the beginning the overall story though and the arc that seth green goes through in this it it's just an incredible story it's not a love story it's a it's a searching it's a soul searching story it's a soul searching story exactly yeah. Yeah. You know, I think you can easily relate to this movie, what the character goes through. Like I said, I watched it back to back. Like I watched it, then I did a little encore. Like this movie was amazing. That's amazing. You know, I love this movie. And do I recommend it? I recommend everybody goes and watches it. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's incredible. Yeah, I definitely do. Anybody that wants to feel good about their life or have a little bit of optimism in it or just doesn't want to want to get stuck in the day-to-day -day woes go and watch Changeland. <laughs> you know it's it's uh it's one of those movies it's the feeling yeah thanos does show up in the end and he does snap and everyone disappears uh okay let's uh <laughs> let's <laughs> um all right man yeah uh Quinn, man, I'm so happy you came on. I'm so happy you had me, Rob. Thank you for this, man. And I hope to be back soon. Maybe with my boy Nikita that was on yes, a few times yes, before. I'd love to. I lo <laughs> let's get a little, uh, you know, Quinn Nikita action going up in, oh the, my God. Up in the corner. I hope you're ready for it. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to get wild, everybody. Uh, man, you got anything you want to plug? Uh, uh, yeah, I got, I got a lot of plugs, but my best one. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, um, 
What I want to plug is We Spare and Ryan. Um, anybody that's interested in the acting business um, needs to know about the business, needs to know, know a little bit about acting, um, public speaking. Come to We Spare and Ryan. We're the oldest on-camera acting workshops in the nation. Some of our alumni are Courtney Cox, Seth Green, uh, tons of the Miss New Jerseys, uh, Miss America, uh, there's a couple writers on South Park, MSNBC, NBC, ABC. So uh, come check us out. We Spare and Ryan. Everybody, thank you again, as always, for tuning into Gizmo's Corner. Uh, hopefully, we catch you next time. All right, later.